You're listening to The Endless Party with your hosts, Megan Elijah Armstrong. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Endless Party. We are so glad to have you here with us. So let's just jump right in. Today's title of this podcast is Seek First to Understand Before You Are Understood Party. And we want to talk about a couple of things in this podcast, but one of the things is the understanding of listening. And this just goes back to, actually, before I go there, let's just think back to a time that you were engaged in a conversation with somebody else and you were the only one engaged in the conversation with somebody else. Oh, that's the worst. Right. It's, so like, you know, <laughs> They are just completely disengaged. They are either waiting to interject and tell you a story that they just remembered, <laughs> or they're on their phone. And it's probably the worst feeling in the world, when right? Someone, when you're talking and someone pulls their phone out of their pocket and just starts, like, scrolling. Yeah, you're and like, And you're okay. like, what? Yeah. It's, it hurts my feelings. And so it goes in, in that this topic kind of encompasses this understanding of listening. And there's a quote. It basically says, like, hearing is a gift and um, listening. I'm trying to remember what it said. The willingness to listen is a choice. Ah, and so I cool. think that's one thing we all should remember in seeking to understand other people. If that happens to you in a converse, conversation, Usually it's because we don't understand the person as well as we should. They're completely disengaged, probably because they either think it's boring or they just don't think you care about them. And I, I just finished this book. Uh, it's The Way of the Wolf by Jordan Belford. And what he talks about is how, how to basically be a phenomenal salesman or saleswoman. But one of the things he says, he's like, a very good key to salesmanship is you can start mirroring other people. So by mirroring somebody, you just match kind of their emotions. You match their tonality. You match everything about them. So if somebody comes in furious, he, he gives us a story of his kid, actually. So his kid comes home, and he's like, freaking, this kid on my soccer team is just a ball hog, and he sucks, <laughs> and I hate him, and I can't believe him. But so he just storms off to his room, and Jordan's like, man, what am I going to do about this? Like, So he goes into his room equally upset. He's like, that kid sucks. Like, what, what should we, we should get him kicked off the team. We should. Like, let's go. And the kid's like, yeah, let's get him kicked off the team. Like, right now, we'll get out and just get him kicked off. And then Jordan takes a deep breath, and then he goes, you know what? That kid must have some real problems if he's a bog hog. I wonder if he's having a hard time at home. And his son all of a sudden just like disengages and he's like, you know what, dad, you're probably right. And then he's like, Jordan's like, yeah, I, I kind of feel bad for the kid. And the son's like, yeah, me too. Like he probably has a rough home life. And he's like, do you still think we should get him kicked off the team? He goes, no, I'll figure something else out. Oh, that's cool. And so it's just this understanding of like, Jordan's really, without realizing, he, he sought to understand his son by equally matching his rage, his fury. And then he was able to change the, the whole tone of the situation because he matched him 
and then by matching him, his son matched Jordan. Right. Right? And so it was just him, his way of being able to understand his son in a better way. And then all of a sudden he was able to switch. Now, I'm not saying we should do this in the conversations that we're having or anything of the sort. But what I'm saying is a lot of times that in conversations you can either match somebody, just their tonality, and then you can maybe even spike it up a little bit and help them be more engaged in the conversation just as you're engaged in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Something that I just take away from this principle is how many, and and your story is how many times, you know, have we, like, I'm guilty of it. I've been so upset with certain people or, and this is just like a drastic case. This isn't actually a real story, but you know, how often have you dealt with a really grouchy person? Oh, actually, I remember this great story that I can actually share from Covey's book. Okay. Okay. So anyways, Stephen Covey was riding home on a train. Oh yeah. I remember And I think story. we've shared this before, yeah. but I, it's a good reminder. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So he's riding home on this train and there's this father and his kid with like a bunch of kids, probably like four kids. And they were just out of control on a subway actually mm-hmm. in New York. And the kids were just a nightmare. They were a nightmare. They were going nuts. And the dad was just sitting there and doing nothing. And so Covey went over to the man and he was like, sir, your kids are kind of out of hand. Yeah, you know, he kind of like reprimanded the guy. Disturbance among yeah, they're others. like kind of annoying, and and the man looks up at Covey and he's like, "I'm so sorry. Their mom just passed away. We're riding home from the hospital, and I don't think any of us know what to like do, like how to like what to make of it." And Covey was like, "Floored. Holy man. cow! Like who the heck am I?" You know, to tell this man that he needs to take care of his unruly children when their mother just had passed away. And so I bring this up because it's so interesting that once we take time to understand another person, usually we can allot, like, allot that person a lot of grace and a lot of empathy. But all we need is an understanding. Yeah. And so that's something I'm really trying to implement into my own life is I'm trying to really understand people, understand who they are, their motivations and, you know, their circumstances and what they're really going through. Because, you know, every day we work with people and we work on these relationships that are really tricky, mm-hmm. you know. And I think when we're in these tricky relationships, if you first seek to understand that person, where they're coming from, and what their day's been like, then you can totally, I don't know, you can just give them grace, and you can just help them, and it just is easier on you, because you, you know, you can like genuinely care and love for that person. There's somebody who I actually make make phone calls to from time to time, and before you know I love this person and but before I take anything to heart or like personally I I think about what situation this person's in what their day's been like what they're trying to communicate to me and by doing so I feel like I have this greater love for this person and it just leads to you know just a far better conversation where you know even if maybe I'm not going to get understood at least that person will feel understood and that's better then both of us not understanding each other. It's better that you take the time to understand another person, 
you know, than trying to be understood. No, absolutely. There was a, so I finished the book Emotional Intelligence um, by Daniel, I think it's Goldman. And one of the things he talks about, he's like, the more you can express your emotions, the more emotionally intelligent you are. So if you can put it and formulate your emotions to words, that is what makes you ultimately more more emotionally intelligent. If you can truly describe what your emotions are and what you're feeling, right? And the same is on like the reverse end. If you can put somebody else's emotions to words where they have an understanding of it, that also helps them be more emotionally intelligent. Like there's this story of, uh, he shares this story in his book and one of the, he was, he was dealing with this couple in therapy and the couple, the, the man was a highly, highly successful and respective surgeon. Phenomenal. One of the best in the world. And his wife complained about how like disengaged and like stupid her husband was. Oh dear. And obviously this guy wasn't stupid. Right. You know, he was a surgeon. Uh, you have to be pretty smart to be a surgeon. But what he found was that the husband had no grasp of emotional intelligence. Like he was so disengaged in the conversations with his wife because like he just didn't care. And he like really actually tried like his best to understand emotion, but for whatever reason it just like never registered to him. He was just like, what's that? That what do you say? He, he like about certain people that just have like zero personality. Just like a dry piece of bread. Yeah, that's what it is. He was like a dry piece of bread, right? Like a piece of cardboard. Because he just always. It's like if you guys have ever seen. My dad was a huge Star Trek fan, and Spock, right in the um, yeah. the Star Trek movie, he had no emotions, right? right. He was just logic, and that was her husband. And so as soon as, like, for, for their psychologist, Daniel, or whoever the psychologist was, understanding that about the surgeon, he now had this greater grasp of how to treat him, ah. right? But his wife, she did not, like, she didn't seek to understand her husband. She just didn't care. She wanted the romance. She wanted the spark. She wanted all of it. But that's not what she married, Right. And so he's like, there, there's, a, there's definitely a line where accepting somebody as they are, as well as like that person making an effort to be something more. Absolutely. Right? And there's, there's definitely that balance. But the whole process, it's like the wife definitely could have taken time to understand her husband better. And he could have done the same. He could have like tried a little bit and tried to understand his wife better. But this just comes back to the, like, by doing that, their marriage could have been saved. Yeah. But because they didn't, they ended up in a divorce. It just, they, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that was a lot to take in. That was pretty heavy. But it's just that understanding of seeking to understand before seeking to be understood. Yeah. I think something that we all forget and... I don't care if you, well, I actually do care. Um, what was I trying to say? If you say, well, I don't really care if people understand me. It's like, you're wrong. Everybody wants to be and understood. Everybody wants to be understood. It's in all of our hearts. Each of us want to be deeply admired and really understood for the people that we are. And so if you can take that time 
to try to really understand other people it's interesting how they will start to become way more open to you to your influence and how you will become way more open to having like just a relationship with them and being able to like genuinely love and care for them yeah and that just reminds me of the topic that um carnegie Dale Carnegie, he explains in his How to Win Friends and Influence People, and he says, the number one topic that people like to discuss is the topic about them. You know, that's like everybody's favorite topic is being able to speak about them. And a a lot of times that can lead to understanding. You know, if you find out what somebody's truly passionate about or what they're struggling with or their triumphs or their miseries, whatever it is, like you can have a better understanding of these people. And by doing so, like Meg said, they end up wanting to have a better understanding of you because they truly seek for that love, that companionship, that friendship, that understanding. And so if you're struggling in a conversation, with somebody who's just scrolling on their phone, like make the cut to conversation about them. <laughs> I bet you they'll put it down. Yeah, like start asking them questions about them. Yeah, and if they don't, sorry, like there's sometimes I, I bet like, they will. It doesn't happen, but I bet if they it, will. if they do, like just turn this topic on them, and by doing so, like that understanding will be reciprocated. Yes, reciprocated. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's one thing I wanted to also say that I've been trying to rid myself of the habit of I think one is listen like I'm trying to listen to genuinely listen and understand not to respond not to have something to say back right um but another thing you know our minds are always going and they're always thinking and that's not a bad thing but I've really tried to rid myself of the habit if I'm in a conversation with someone and I notice something maybe a like I don't know, maybe a trash can fell over or maybe I just, I don't know. Like if there's just some other distraction, you know, I try to like not like draw attention to it because, you know, if Elijah and I are having a conversation, Elijah's telling me about his day and then I'm like, oh, look, there's a squirrel outside on the tree. It's like, what what message am I communicating to Elijah as he's like trying to tell me about all the things that have happened? That it's happens like, too. It, it's it happens annoying. all the time. It's just not a good thing. Or, And I, it's a habit, you know? And so you really have to learn how to like school your mind and really like intentionally listen because your mind is always going. And if you feel that you should interject or that like, you should interrupt the person you should really think about what (laughs) it is that you're going to be interrupting them for what's worthy of the interruption (laughs) what's worthy of the interruption because i would say like 9.99999 times out of 10 it really is not you know worth the interruption you can wait until they're done to tell them about that squirrel you saw or you know what you heard like what you've heard from another person or i don't know i don't know that's just something i try to remember no absolutely so my degree is in communications and that there's like a whole module about communication and it basically outlines two people and one of the things that you just illustrated was everything that you battle with in communication and they just call it noise 
mm-hmm. and it's it's TVs, it's phones, it's squirrels, it's everything, right? <laughs> and so so that's something we'll forever have to battle. But definitely, as Meg said, like try to work on it because seeking to understand is truly a gift, and we can really develop this gift and eventually we'll be understood ourselves yeah the last thing I want to share is just the importance of Elijah mentioned a little bit but it's the importance of understanding in a marriage and I think because Elijah and I seek out to give each other the benefit of the doubt and I feel solely so truly understood and accepted by my spouse that I now can be that person that seeks to understand other people because at the end of the day I know that I have one person who understands everything about me and loves me and so then I have the capability to go and help everybody else so if you're looking for someone to understand you you know start with your spouse yeah start with that relationship absolutely well thank you guys so much for listening get out there and seek to understand before you are understood all right anyways until next time take care goodbye You've been listening to The Endless Party. Please feel free to join us over at our website, theendlessparty.com, for more of our content. Also, we would love to hear from you. Leave some comments and let us know what you're interested in us talking about. Seriously, like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating, whatever it is the platform says to do, so that we can keep partying together. 